today my cat looked me dead in my eyes and then pissed on my laundry. <laughs> and welcome to your mom's a hoax. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be like mad at him because I don't know if he's like sick or just like angry at me. Like I don't know if I should be. An I'm I am annoyed, um, but I don't know if I should be annoyed and worried or if I should just like like he's just being a tool. Yeah, I think maybe take him to the doctor and rule out. Yeah, the sick. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to. Yeah, for sure. Because cats go fast. You got to pay attention to. I really do. I really do. Well, and the yeah. last time I took him to the vet, he, like, almost died, so. <gasps> That's not good. Yeah, do you remember? I was <laughs> pregnant. Do you remember Yeah, that? I do remember yeah, that. I, yes, I almost I gave my husband a heart attack because I called him. So I was, like, just for some, some fun little background. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I was pregnant. We did not know the gender of the baby yet. So I was somewhere, like, first trimester. But I was pregnant. Um, and... I, we took my, uh, my mom, t I had to go to work. My mom took my cat to the vet, bless her. And she called me and she's like, hey, so it's not good news. Um, to make a long story short, she pretty much was like, hey, so your cat's gonna die. <laughs> okay. I'm only laughing I was he didn't pregnant. die, but. He, he did not. Um, and my, at that time, like my cat was only like a year and a half old. So he was a young baby, mm -hmm. right? And so I am at work i'm pregnant i start bawling like this is like just, her college cat yeah just bawling my eyes out right and so i call my husband and i'm like full-on like sobbing and i'm like he isn't gonna make it i'm like full-on <laughs> and my poor husband it like immediately it's like oh my god like something happened to the baby something happened to her father like something terrible has happened it, right. right and so finally like it i i like finally let him know like he's like okay tell what is happening like tell me <laughs> what is actually happening and so i told him i was like spooky like he's not my mom just called he's not gonna make it <laughs> and he goes look i don't like, I know you're really upset, but, like, I gotta tell you, I'm I'm really relieved to hear it was your cat. <laughs> I was like, okay, like, I get it. Like, in retrospect, I get it. But in the moment, I was like, what Click. do you even mean? What do you mean? It's not a big... I was... I was bawling. Oh, my um, God. Yeah. Uh, long story short, he had a urinary blockage. Me and my mom split the $3,000 vet bill... Um, and he is, he now eats only prescription, very expensive cat food. And lives to piss right on your laundry. Yeah. And now he's either angry or sick again. And I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping for angry. Yeah, for sure. You know, cause like, I don't, don't want to be sick. I don't yeah. want to be sick again. Right. That would be terrible. I'd be very, very sad. And you'd be I love out my three cat. grand. <sighs> yeah. Um, I love my cat. However, if he is just being a jerk, can I'm gonna not? be kind of upset. <laughs> like, what like, did I do not? to make? Because cats are really so like they're so finicky. It could be anything. It could be stress. It could be that he's sick. It could be that he's just he's just mad. He's See, just mad I, at me. I have issues with animals. Okay, what in the fuck do you have to be stressed about? 
This is a happy house. You are in a happy home. So you don't pay bills. You don't pay rent. In his defense, if he is stressed, in his defense, our toddler does oh, yeah. actively try to pick him up and like she that's does fair. harass okay. him. No, that's fair. <laughs> so that's why I think it maybe could be stress because she is kind of obsessed with him and he does not really have, have the same. <laughs> He doesn't really have the same feelings. Yeah, that's fair. Someday, though, he'll be obsessed with her. He tolerates her so much right now. She'll grow out of the grabbing him for no reason and And, into, like, we're cuddling. And I'm very proud of him. He has not swatted at her once so far. Knock on wood. Um, But he's not... He's not tried to maim the child. (laughs) That's plus... That's Which, always a bright side. <laughs> genuinely, with the amount that she harasses him, I am surprised about that. Yeah. Your kid seems like an asshole sometimes. <laughs> She's She is hell on wheels. I love her, though. Well, we're about five minutes in this recording, so I guess we'll give you guys a real intro. Uh, welcome <laughs> to your mom's a hoax. Yeah, this the- is... Um, our first step back. Hello. <laughs> yes, yes. This is the podcast where we talk about all things weird and strange. We hope you had a good little break. We yeah. did. Um, yeah. Got caught up in some stuff. Yeah. Got some good stuff in the works for you. Heck yeah. Um. But yeah, we're we're glad to be back. Mm-hmm. Glad to hang right out right here in your earballs. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> I'm leaving it in. You're leaving it in. You're Am I? This. You're leaving I, it in. <laughs> I have the power. <laughs> I got the power. So, do you want to, like, hop to it? Yeah. Let's okay. Pitter-patter, let's get at him. Stop. Because you don't watch <laughs> Letterkenny, so you can't say pitter-patter, let's get at her. Uh, okay, but my husband does, so by proxy, <gasps> I Arthur watches Letterkenny? We're about yeah. to take a five-minute detour. Me and I <laughs> went to Letterkenny live. I got that for him for <gasps> Christmas. I'm gonna have to tell him that. He's I love that energy. He's got a cup that I made him, like, after he helped me make that music video thing. You can leave all of this in if you want to. After he helped me make that music video thing in college, after we first started dating, I made him a mm-hmm. Letterkenny cup. It's got stickers all over it. Letterkenny is that. Ty's favorite show. I love that energy. Are we gonna start saying pitter-patter? I, are we? Oh, well, are we? Oh, have you started watching Stranger Things? No, I haven't. We cannot. This is no. I will get okay. there. It was PSA, PSA for for you and for all of you that are listening. Watch it, watch it, so I can talk about it because I gotta process some of this shit. Yeah, we'll give you timestamps if there's ever spoilers. <laughs> Emotionally, I have to process. Um, I'm I'm on episode five right now. I'm like halfway through episode five. Mm. Um, I've heard it's real good. It's so good. I'm so ready. God, you know the finale is like two and a half hours long. Do you know that they're both like two hours long? Emily said that Dude. there's two parts to the second half, and they're both like two hours long. Dude, I'm I'm emotionally unwell. I'm ready, though. It's so good. I just, every time I watch Stranger Things, it starts this unhealthy, like, fangirling deep in my soul that I haven't felt since, like, high school. Yeah. (laughs) And so, like, yes, I have a hard time opening that part of me up sometimes. (laughs) Look, I, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, I like Stranger Things more than I like the movie Deep Blue Sea. I'm going to level with you. 
I don't know what Deep Blue Sea is. Yes, you do. It's the movie that I have obsessively told you about several times that has LL Cool J and Samuel L. Jackson in it and sharks. I hate to level with you again. (laughs) We have never had this conversation. Yes, we have. I guarantee we have. I promise you I don't remember. I I promise you we've had this conversation because I am obsessed with the movie Deep Blue Sea. It's a ridiculous movie. I love it. Oh, in it in no. my brain since i did and, it the last time <laughs> and i know for sure we talked about it because when we were initially talking about starting a podcast our first initial idea was watching horror movies and talking about them and i specifically said we have to watch deep blue sea because i am obsessed with that movie and i'm pretty sure you said the same exact thing you just said to me <laughs> <laughs> then <laughs> it's a quality movie it's got ll cool j in it it's the greatest bromance ever let us know how you guys feel about us maybe watching scary, recapping scary movies during Halloween. Listen, I, we might do it anyways because I love it. As like I, bonus episode. You'd still get your regularly scheduled yeah. content, but it'd be like bonus up. I love horror. I love it. That is Plus there's f- that Shudder website that I think's got some really good looking stuff on it. I just, yeah. Shutter in theory, I really should just invest and get the Shutter because in theory, like that is my ideal platform. It's only horror movies, right? <laughs> and eventually they'll have TV shows. That's what I want. I, mm-hmm. th- I'm pretty sure I. The only two types of shows. Okay, I guess three types of show now. Three types of shows now. But the only two types of shows that I used to watch were anything horror related, um, and baking shows. Okay. Well. I- there needs to be some in between, I think. <laughs> disagree. I have Dis- now added. Firm disagree. <laughs> I have now added a Disney to the mix. But I have a line. You need to add in Letter Kenny because if you, you're very quick with it. You know what I mean? In the in the brain and the smarts, and you have to really pay attention to that show because they talk so fast. They like chirp or whatever it's called. So they talk so fast. You really have to pay attention. But like, if you are paying attention, that shit is so funny. Fair. You need to watch it. That's so I, good. I've I've heard really good things. I'm just I'm so particular about like my sitcoms. Like I I do love The Office. I'm obsessed with The Office. No, this was okay. I was on the fence about it too, but it was Ty's favorite show, and I was like, I really like this guy. I'm gonna give this a shot. I watched it on my own. I binged it on my own. <laughs> And it's just it's an easy watch. You can turn it on while you're cleaning. Like it's not okay. The Office level, because nothing ever will be. Nothing but Letterkenny is, like, my second favorite as far as, like, shows to just turn on and, like, do shit, too. Yeah. I hate to break, like, for any of you people that are, like, the kind of people that are, like, The Office isn't actually comedy. Uh, Go you're fuck still, yourself. You're still welcome here, but you're wrong. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> and and this is, this is our platform, so I get to say that. Still welcome here. You are still welcome, and I maybe shouldn't have been so harsh. But you but are wrong. You are wrong. <laughs> You're, you're just wrong. I'm sorry. I originally did not like The Office. I was kind of like, mm, I can't get behind there not being any music telling me how to feel. If you can get past that after the first, like, six episodes, you're in. Gucci Golden, it just takes off from there. Once you get past season three, that's it. Game changer, it's over. Oh, season one through three are there are some moments that are like painfully cringy for me the whole second episode are we not going to talk about diversity day oh but there are some i mean i watch it because there are gems in there and honestly like 
it's just the the lack of music makes it makes some of those moments so damn funny (laughs) when you learn to appreciate them yes i would give anything for the office to be back on netflix i told ty that's all i want for christmas is like a box set we got fifty dollars we got peacock so we could have the office no i'm not doing that fuck them okay why does everybody need a fucking streaming service no i agree but also they do have deleted scenes (gasps) on peacock right okay because and let me tell you can i log into your peacock (laughs) (laughs) i'm telling you i'm telling you technically it's my dad's but uh, he probably won't mind philip (laughs) no i'm telling you because i was watching it i was watching it through again right because it's one of my comfort shows okay Mm -hmm. i'm one of those people i have comfort shows all right Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, most people do you have crippling anxiety (laughs) that is true that is true (laughs) i uh I started watching it over. I've already seen it through like nine times at least. That's fair. But I noticed. I'm so I was watching it and I noticed. I was like, there are things that are different. There are <sighs> things that I haven't seen. Wait, did Peacock put the deleted scenes in the eps? They did. <gasps> I had to Google it because I was like, I know I'm not crazy. Oh, I'm getting Peacock tonight. <laughs> I'm getting Peacock tonight. I don't agree that everybody needs a streaming service, but if you... ah, Bitch. (laughs) I'm so excited. Dude, they probably have a free trial. You could binge that stuff in a week. Not with this podcast. I don't know how you've watched it nine times already. (laughs) I didn't have a child forever. Oh, that's fair. I thought you meant since you've gotten Peacock, you've watched it nine times. I was like, that is impressive. Not since I've gotten Peacock. Okay. But I did read, like, I, I did, um, I'm pretty sure I, I started watching it again while I was on maternity leave, um, mm. actually. And I, I, di- I started noticing things. I was like, oh, my God. They, and then I Googled it. And I was like, oh, my God, they did. Philip, <laughs> 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 uh, expect is, a phone call. Yeah, this is an office <laughs> appreciation podcast, in case you were wondering. And you can stay, even if you don't like The Office. I apologize for being harsh earlier. I don't. I just think you should give it another chance. Uh, You're still wrong. I just apologize for telling you to go fuck yourself. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) Uh, But your sense of humor is mid. (laughs) I don't know what those terms mean. We just have to move on to the app. I don't. (laughs) I'm too old. Wait, wait, hold hold on a second. Hold on a second. In my ancient wizenness do i know a slang term before you do ma'am i don't know very many <gasps> slang terms anymore i don't know what meta means you try to I explain feel... it to me i don't get it i don't know what mid means hello can we just say regular words what the fuck are we doing i feel incredible right now i well, feel i'm incredible. 95 years old so <laughs> i turned 24 like less than a month ago and i'm already 95 so Listen, I am fast approaching 25, uh, and it hurts a little bit because that means I'm going to be in my mid-20s. Ugh. Ty turns 26 in like a month and a half. (laughs) Arthur's turning 27. Rip. (laughs) (laughs) I'm having a funeral for my 20s whenever I turn 30. You'll all be invited to the funeral. Hell yeah. I... I, I did accept at some point that, like, having a child made me feel like I just, like, added 10 years onto my life. Oh, I'm sure it does. Yeah. But if I'm being honest, I very much like who I am now better than I did who I was at 18. Oh, I would rather die than go back to 18. Yeah. <laughs> 
and redo all of this shit? Absolutely the fuck not. Pass. That. That is a horror show. Pass. <laughs> Cue my worst nightmare. No. Ugh. Disgusting. Okay, so, uh, yeah, let's third time's a charm. Shit. Let's do this. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's get into this shit. Are we flipping a quarter, or what are we doing? Oh, yeah, I've got, like, six quarters over here. Oh, fuck yeah. Okay, so we've got to establish... Same rules as last time. It'll be the same rules for the rest of time. Okay, so the problem is, is I don't remember the rules from last time. Okay, so the rule is, I'm gonna call heads. If it lands on heads, I go. If it lands on tails, you go. Or whatever I call, if it lands on that. Okay, work. Okay. Okay, alright, 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 alright. I'm gonna... You ready? Yeah. Okay. Mm. Tails. Ted's, I'm going. Okay. Let's do this. <laughs> Alright, cats and jammers. Stop. I will take what's shaken. Hey, that was my cold open. I just remembered it. <laughs> okay. Is it what's shaken and bacon, baby? Like what's shaking and baking, baby? Or is it what's shaken and bacon, like bacon that you eat? Because Aisha commented on our post the other day. Shout out to her. I love her. She commented on our post and she said, what's shaking and bacon? Like the meat? And I thought it was what's shaking and baking. So now I am confused. What is it? You don't know? <laughs> well, I'm trying to think about like... Because what's shaken and bacon as in like baking makes more sense. But I personally like what's shaken and bacon as in the meat. Better. I mean, we can make an executive decision. I just need to know which one it is before I comment what's shaking and baking on somebody's post when it's bacon. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, no, because shaking and bacon, as in the meat, makes me think of the song Bedrock by Young Money. I <laughs> that. I was drunk the other day. And Ty was like, we're turning this house into a trap house. And I was like, fucking word. Yeah, and the other like, day play this song and he played it and i texted it to you <laughs> the other day with zero context alexis texted me in all caps i i i, I can make your bed rock <laughs> no context at twelve forty in the morning yeah not a not a hello beforehand <laughs> not nothing afterwards no i expected the next line and you oh. didn't deliver. So. I woke up Sunday morning and I was like, yo, what? What? <laughs> okay, for real, we're doing this. It's your turn. <laughs> but I'm going to executive decision uh, bacon because it makes me think of the song Bedrock by Young Money. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> uh, which is my go-to karaoke song. <laughs> for anyone that's, that's why kidding. i texted it to you and then you made me question i felt so gaslit because you made me question whether or not that was our karaoke song because i was like well fuck she didn't text me the lyrics back and i was like no i know that i thought about that for like three days like i was like i know we've done that before for karaoke like i'm not crazy I love that I accidentally <laughs> gaslit you gaslit over me? the song <laughs> Bedrock by Young Money. Because then I was like, fuck, was that Emily? I was like, shit, how drunk was I when we did that? I remember that being Brenna. <laughs> like, that was absolutely me. That is my go-to karaoke song. That's always the good, because I can't actually sing. No, I knew that. <laughs> so I wanted Ty to play it, and then I felt gaslit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> what time are we on? Fifth time's a charm. Let's do this. <laughs> oh my god, I'm crying a little bit. Okay. It's so fucking hot in here. <laughs> so we're talking about the Hotel Monteleon. Okay, where's this at? She is in New Orleans. Mm. So Nola. Wait, what hotel is? You're going to tell me. Continue. So, some nice little history. So, Antonio Monteleon was an industrious nobleman who ran a shoe factory in Sicily. Okay. Yeah. So, he heard uh, a lot about America, and he was like, fuck it. He packed his bags, and he was like, I'm going to go to New Orleans. And he did, and he got there right around 1880. Can we pause for two seconds? Yes. 1880, so this is a long time ago. So, like, remember when people were... Remember when people were, like, wanting to go to Mars? Okay, yeah. Okay, just follow me on this. Okay, so... The way I felt about moving to Mars, which I was like, fuck no, because I can never come back, right? That's a stupid fucking idea to move to Mars. It's a bit of a commute, yeah. Yeah, a bit of a commute, yes. I feel like that's how people maybe felt about moving to America. Well, it takes like three months to get there, you know? Yeah. Right, because you got to go by boat. That's a a hop, skip, and a jump. That's a pretty permanent decision. That's if the diseases on the boat don't kill you first. Very true. Or if the boat itself doesn't sink. Or whatever the fuck happened to the people on the Mary Celeste. I was just about to say, you get (laughs) yoinked off that motherfucker. Yeah, fucking be gone. (laughs) By God knows what. And we'll never know. Probably an alcohol explosion. Probably. (laughs) But, so the first thing he did when he got there was he opened a cobbler shop on Royal Street because he already had a shoe factory. He was in the shoe game. So he was like, that's what I'm going to do. So he did. But in 1886, he decided he was going to expand his horizons and he bought a 64-room French Quarter Hotel on the corner of Royal and Iberville called the Commercial Hotel. Very basic. I like that title. Straight to the point. It is, yes. It, it really, there is no question. Leaves, yep, nothing to desire. Straight to the point. <laughs> so, since then, the hotel has gotten several additions. So... The first came in 1903. They added 30 rooms. In 1908, 300 more rooms were added. Oh my god. And in 1908, the name was officially changed from the Commercial Hotel to the Hotel Monteleone. Okay, so we went 20 years having no renovations, no nothing, Mm -hmm. roughly, right? You said 1986? Yeah. Okay. And you said, what, 18, or, sorry, 1886, and then you said 1904? 1903. 03. So we went 20 years, basically, almost, without Mm -hmm. any renovations. And then we can't go two years without adding on 300 rooms. Either somebody died, and somebody got into the position where they could spend a little bit of money like they've been wanting to. Or, I don't know, the midlife crisis. I don't know. Yeah, when I was reading these notes, uh, or when I was, like, writing these notes and reading everything, I I thought that I for sure read that wrong. But I read it, like, four different times. And, yeah, sure as shit, they added 300 rooms in 1908. That's wild. It's a lot of rooms. Yeah. 
Okay. And in 1913, Antonio passed away. His son Frank took over and then added 200 more rooms. For fuck's sake. I mean, how do you even have the space for it? I love it when our stuff syncs up. Just a little bit. Speaking of adding oh, on rooms. Okay. That just dawned on me. Go ahead. Okay. Ooh. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> we, it's because we share the same brain cell. It's true. It is true. Yeah. So he did that in 1928, right before the stock market completely decided to fall apart. She could not get it together. No, she couldn't. She was struggling. Thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For a long time. Despite the Great Depression, a.k.a. my high school nickname. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, despite the Great Depression, the Hotel Monteleone remained unchanged, and she lasted through the Great Depression, and until her next big facelift in 1954. I mean, and then we go, what, like 40 years? What is with the budget around this? Like, what okay, is happening? Well, the Great Depression happened. I she couldn't guess. add any more rooms, but yeah, she could still stay open. That's Hang fair, on. I guess. And by the 50s, we were probably okay enough. I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was after the war. The history everybody, of this country. everybody came home from the war. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Both so, wars. Anyways. That is when the original building was raised. Okay? And when I first read that, I didn't really know what that means, but essentially it means that they, like, pretty much destroyed the old building and built it up again. Oh, okay. So, the new facility was constructed. Um, mm -hmm. It had guest facilities, ballrooms, dining rooms, and cocktail lounges. So, she really, she got a big facelift. This this was a big redo. I mean, uh, they tore down the whole 330-room building? Oh, girl, it was like, at that point, it was like five, 600 rooms? They tore the whole thing down? Yeah. Oh, damn, I thought you meant just like the OG portion of it. So... Because I, I looked it up and, like, to, like, raise something, like, R-A-Z-E, is mm -hmm. to, like, take it down. Oh, I guess, yeah, they tore that whole bitch down and redid it. They must have been doing well. Yeah. Then, in 1958, Bill took over, still in the family. Bill is just, I guess, one of the, uh, another son. Oh, okay. Yeah. All, st staying all in the family. Okay, okay. So he took over in 1958. Under his direction, more floors were added, more guest rooms were added, and a sky terrace with a swimming pool and even more cocktail lounges were added. I have an issue with swimming pools being on the roof or the edge of things. Fair. Fair. I have an issue with swimming pools that are on old cruise ships. I think I might have an issue with cruise ships. Same. Okay. Same. Have you, ever, <laughs> have you ever seen, like, pictures of, like, swimming pools on, like, Titanic-era cruise ships? They're no. creepy. They're creepy. I don't like them. There's something about them that just, like, gives me the ick. Okay. <laughs> mm, continuing. <laughs> but it doesn't stop there. Because they also added in 1949 a carousel bar is that, that like where you get on a carousel and you get hammered no the entire bar rotates oh i can't do that oh that sounds it, like a bad idea 
It sounds cool as fuck. I totally You you know like the like the 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 ball in Dallas? Yeah. The the restaurant or bar or whatever in there? Mm-hmm. Spins? It's like that. Yeah, but I've never been there, so I don't know. I mean neither have I. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean that kind of freaks me out. I know it spins. I know it Is does it, that. Does it spin like we're spinning on the earth right now and I can't feel it? Okay, so or I think it's it like been like that thing that throws me back okay so i, to my I don't seat. You know i don't think about? it's like a carnival ride no yeah that's what i'm talking like, about because so i the word carnival i think it's fast enough that you notice it but not fast enough to disturb the fact that you're in a bar okay so like i think like you know that it's spinning like i think you can probably like feel it but it's not like fast enough that like it's a problem yeah like you can't walk across the bar you know okay. <laughs> I think their purpose is more so, like, you can get, like, a full view, like, for the Reunion Tower. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole idea is, like, so you can, like, see, like, the whole view of the city. No, I get that. Something like that. Yeah. So they don't they don't spin fast, but they do spin, and I think that's cool. Yeah. It's something. <laughs> <laughs> so, many celebrities like Ernest Hemingway, William Faulkner, Tennessee Williams, and a whole bunch of other authors have all stayed at the Hotel Monteleone. Um, it's made its way into several films and books like Glory Road, Ten- 12 Rounds, and The Last Time. One of my favorite authors, Truman Capote, even joked that he was born there. He was not. His pregnant mother did stay there, close to her due date, though. But nice. he was not born there. So... The hotel is one of the last great family-owned owned and operated hotels in New Orleans, and since 1886, five generations of Monteleones have run it. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, she's a real, she's a real gem. She's a real mm-hmm. gem. What's wrong with her? There's right. a reason why she's being talked about on our podcast. <laughs> so that's the history. Now on to what we're really here for. Now on to the mystery. Ooh. <laughs> Gross. Sorry. <laughs> Which is the haunts, because this bitch is haunted. Nice. Yes. So let's get into it. In addition to a bar that rotates, you may find while staying in the Hotel Monteleone that doors open and close on their own, elevators stop on the wrong floor, there are cold spots, and of course, ghostly children. Great. Yep. Love it. So for our lineup, who are our lovely array of little ghosties and ghouls, mm-hmm. a feuding chef and a busboy. So they've just been arguing since like the beginning of time? Probably like the 1800s, but no, probably not quite the 1800s. Probably like the early 1900s. Yeah. But yes. Dr. Larry Montz and the International Society of Paranormal Research did an investigation in the hotel, and they found a restaurant door that could not make up its mind. Yeah? In the restaurant, the door was operated by a push button on the side. Mm -hmm. So if you didn't push the button, the door remained locked and shouldn't have been able to open. After doing a little bit of investigation and using their sick ghost equipment, it turns out that there are two guests... One, uh, one of them being a chef and the other one being a busboy or a waiter. And uh, they could not agree. One of them preferred the door open and the other one preferred the door closed. So apparently these two ghosts would just go back and forth. Great. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's so stupid to do that for the rest of time. 
<laughs> That's so dumb. They just can't make up their minds. It's like, no, I want it open. Well, I, I want it, it closed. Right. Like, what? <laughs> Forever. Why? To do that? Forever. In addition to that, there is William Red Wildemir, and he worked at the hotel and apparently eventually passed away there and never left. Not a whole lot okay. more on him, but people see him. <laughs> this is totally just a different guy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess he's just vibing. Yeah. I like it when they just vibe. I feel yeah. bad that they're stuck here, though. Yeah. But I mean, like, I guess if you... I mean, hopefully he liked where he worked. So... He's uh, or it's it? something, like, really fucked up where, like, he's trapped there. Yeah, for the most part, though, these little ghosties seem not angry. Yeah. Okay. It for doesn't sound like a horrible place to work. It sounds like a dope hotel. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's got a sky terrace. <laughs> Fancy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then there's Maurice. Is Maurice an asshole? <laughs> He's a playful kind of asshole. Okay. <laughs> a okay. little bit. Yeah, he's a bit of a prankster. Okay, I'll take prankster over, like, murdering people. So, <laughs> true. Maurice is a little boy who likes to play pranks. Um, and he particularly likes to play pranks on the 14th floor, which we'll get to. But Maurice... Just don't book anybody on that floor. <laughs> true. So Maurice is three. Aw. Yeah, so he's he's a toddler, the worst of all the pranksters. Oh, so is he a prankster or is he just a toddler? Like, I'm pretty. <laughs> I think he's just a mischievous toddler. Yeah, <laughs> which I think is synonymous with prankster. Fair, I guess. I mean, he's got eternity to figure it out, right? Fair. He's probably really so, honed in on certain things. Oh yeah. So he and his family stayed at the hotel often. And one night, his parents left him with his nanny, and they hit the town to see the French opera. And unfortunately, that night, he fell very ill, he spiked a huge fever, and despite his nanny's best efforts, he passed away. Hmm. Yeah. So when his parents got back, they were obviously devastated. Right, yeah. And his mother, Josephine, demanded that they come back every year in hopes of getting to see Maurice one last time. Aw, so he's just hanging out? Several years later, she finally got her wish. <gasps> he, he appeared to her in the dead of night. She held her son, and he reassured her by saying, Mommy, don't cry. I'm fine. Aw. I mean, a hotel's gotta be a kid's, like... I mean, if that's where he gets to spend oh. eternity, I'm sure he's living the life. Yeah. That's Rip sweet, though. my heart. So... People see him all the time, and apparently, for the most part, he's just, like, playing, messing around, like, having fun. Um, some people think he might be looking for his parents, but I think for the most part, most reports are, like, he's just, he's just goofing. Vibing. Yeah, yeah, he's just vibing. And a cool little fact, one of my coworkers actually saw him. Oh, really? Yeah. So nice. I, I got this topic, because one of my friends from work... Mm -hmm. um we were talking about spooky things because i'm always talking about spooky things for sure um, for sure but he said that he actually on a work trip stayed at the hotel monteleone nice and he woke up in the middle of the night and saw this little boy just vibing <laughs> vibing and like he saw him and i guess the little boy like walked through the wall or something like that 
Okay. Um, and it really freaked him out. Fair. But he was telling me about it, and, like, it turns out, like, he did the research afterwards, and, and like, found out that it was probably Maurice. So Aww. that's a neat little tidbit. That he was neat. He was very freaked out by it, though, reasonably. No, fair. So. <laughs> yeah, no, that's okay. If you don't know the context, that's scary as fuck, yeah. Oh, ghost children are terrifying. Oh, for sure. Children. Okay. Terrifying. No ghosts S- needed. Speaking... <laughs> true as a mother (laughs) confirmed (laughs) speaking of creepy kids moving on to the 14th floor which is actually the 13th floor because like many hotels the hotel monteleon pretends that they don't have a 13th floor Mm. and that doesn't really work because it's still the 13th floor yep and it's still haunted yep I guess A for effort. I guess. <laughs> so, for one couple, their little hot and heavy elevator moment landed them in oh. the company of some ghost children. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good. It's not good at all. <laughs> so while they were busy sucking face, they didn't notice that the elevator let them out on the 14th floor instead of their floor. So they started walking down the hall getting like as they're walking down the hall it was getting progressively colder and they ran into some little ghost children playing in really old clothes great and one by one each child stopped to stare at them before vanishing great i love that that sounds like an awesome experience (laughs) like gross i need to talk about something logistically i don't understand how you get hot and heavy on an elevator I'm afraid of elevators, so... Like, I don't want the door to just open while that's happening. (laughs) Oh, also, yeah. Yeah, what if you run into actual children? Oh, yeah. Ghost children are bad enough, but I don't want to scare actual children. (laughs) I don't want to do any of that. I don't want any of that to happen. Yeah, one of the most unrealistic scenes in uh, Fifty Shades of Grey is when he, like, starts, like, messing with her on the elevator... Any scene in any movie Actually, where anybody messes around on an elevator, there's not enough time. Unless it's Grey's Anatomy okay. when they push the button to pause. Okay, but in that specific time. scene, there are other people in the elevator. That's weird. I am not a big fan of Fifty Shades of Grey. I read part of that book and I said it's weird that she has to sign a contract and then I bailed out of that. So, never seen the movies or anything. Uh, yeah, eh. I never read the books. I've seen some of the movies. It's not not my cup of tea. Nope. But also, why why what what are you getting frisky on an elevator for? Stop it. Get some help. Get some help. <laughs> a time and a place. <laughs> True. This also, elevator is not the time nor the place. You're in a hotel. Just go to your room. Right. <laughs> Build a little tension on the way up. You don't just have to get right to it. Damn. Jeez, yeah. And let the record show, I'm all for whatever you want to do in your sex life. However, I do not think As long think as you're you both consenting adults. Sorry. 100%. And I don't think you should include other people in that if they don't know or want to be included. And having... Fooling around on an elevator could do that to people. Yeah. people in that situation are the words that's that where I, I draw the line 
if you're into that, that's cool. But everyone, including people, everyone's got to be on the same page. Don't scar other people's children. I Don't love scar your the line children. with you on this podcast. I yeah. feel like we've found a lot of lines that were like, nope, that's it. I didn't realize that it would be, but that is the line. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can't subject other people to your sexual fantasies. They also have to consent. <laughs> this somehow brings us right back around to don't have a baby at a theme park. Yes, always. Literally. <laughs> literally. A very simple rule. Uh, we're not asking for a lot. <laughs> like Honestly. Jeez. So they don't really know where the ghost kids come from. Oh, they just show uh, up sometimes? Yeah, but apparently one of the ghosts, the ghost children, one of them said that he died much later, but just chose to come back as a kid. So he could play with the other kids? Oh, that's weird. Yeah, I mean... I guess it's better than being lonely for eternity. Also, it's weird that, like, who's talking to the ghost for him to say that to us? I mean, like, I assume paranormal investigators. Oh, okay. You know. But that's Where's an interesting that show. Little... I want to watch that show where the kid's talking in full sentences. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I just, like didn't want to be an old man ghost so i decided to be a child ghost i think that's valid i do wonder like do i have to be the ghost that i am when i die yeah or like when i get to heaven or whatever like if i get to heaven am i like 95 are we all old up there yeah i'd like to dinner at 4 p.m all the time i mean but like am i still gonna look (laughs) like what version of me am i gonna look like i don't know i it'd be cool if i got to to choose is it like a is it like building a sim I'd like to choose, yeah. Yeah. Like, can I pick, like, my favorite age and stage? Yeah. That, that'd be ideal. Mm-hmm. When I die, I, all I want, and I have thought about this many times, mm-hmm. all I want is to be able to know what happened to all of the murder mysteries and missing people. So, I've thought about this, too. I think you get an angel liaison when you get to heaven. Yeah. I think that you get an angel and he's like, what questions do you have for me, little one? And you're like, I, X, Y, and Z. Fucking who killed John Bonet? I know it was her brother, just confirm. Blink twice if it's right. I'm I'm telling you, sometimes when I'm listening to, like, true crime podcasts, I, like, store them in the Rolodex to, like, ask when I die. Oh, for sure. Like, I store right, lots of for, things in that Rolodex. Remember, because I want to know. I want to know. I need to know. Yeah. I need to know. I would like to also watch what happened to my dogs before I had them. Oh, I, I get what you're saying now. I don't like not knowing what their life was like before they were mine. <laughs> That's probably going to make you sad, my guy. I don't want to watch it on like point, like, like two times the speed, just like real fast, <laughs> breeze through it. I just need to know what they were doing. I need I just, things to make sense for me. I just want to recap. Yeah. Like a last season on Heidi's life. Like Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't need to see my own life flash before my eyes. I already lived that. I want I'm nosy. I need all the other answers, actually. Oh, uh, I know we've taken a detour, but um have you ever heard the theory that like right now you're living in the part where your life is flashing before your eyes, like you've already lived this? Yeah, I have thought about that before. Yeah. We'll never know, but it's a long ass flash. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyways, continue. It's a lot of details in here. I know. <laughs> Jeez. Um, okay. 
There was also a family who couldn't get their elevator to stop stopping on the 14th floor. <laughs> Great. Good old Maurice and his pranks. Sounds like an awful time. I would be so fucking annoyed. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So I other guess. kind of weird things happen, like children reaching for people's hands. And there just being no one there. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Which is gross. I'm never fucking staying in this hotel. It sounds like a lovely place. Never staying in this hotel. <laughs> I think this is one of the few haunted places I would stay at. That's fair. They seem pretty docile. I could maybe get behind it. Creepy, yes, but nothing seems angry. Fair. Like, if I had to stay in a haunted place, like, I think this would be okay. I, could th- I think I could do this. Okay, that's fair. That's a fair point. There are also jazz singers occasionally being heard. So that's kind of yeah, okay. Neat. I think I could maybe I retract my statement. I could maybe stay at this hotel. And also a ghostly face that appears in the grandfather clock. Nice. <laughs> so do it that way, you will. It's like Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> yeah. And to wrap us up on my end, I wanted to read you part of Pam Pastor's encounter who wrote who uh, writes for the Philippine Daily Inquirer. Okay. Um, so we'll excerpt about her stay at the Hotel Monteleon. Mm-hmm. So here's what she had to say. And of course, I'll link everything. Nice. In, I already, already got all that situated, but this is from mm-hmm. the, um, the Daily Inquirer. Okay. So I had started to drift off to sleep when the TV static woke me up. Images of Sadako crawling out of the television in The Ring flashed in my head. I tried changing channels. Static, static, static. I opened my laptop and clicked on an o- clicked on a Conan O'Brien YouTube playlist. Seconds Wrong later, choice, but keep going. Agree. Seconds later, the TV started working again. But as I was starting to fall asleep, it happened again. TV Rude. static jolted me awake three times that night. I mm. I finally fell asleep with both the TV and Conan's playlist running just to make sure I always had friendly noise in the background. Yeah. Over the next days, strange things happened, which I tried to force myself to believe had a logical explanation or were just the result of both my fears and my wild imagination. On our second day, on my way down to the lobby, I heard a woman sobbing, but there was no one with me. I was alone in the elevator. I heard glass breaking outside my door, refusing to look through the people. I blamed it on the room service staff. When I stepped out into the hallway, there was no sign of broken glass. I kept seeing shadows moving by my drapes. I waved them off as a reflection of. Uh, I waved them off as the reflections of the chandelier. On the third day, I woke up in the middle of the night to the strange sensation that there was someone else in the room with me. Whoever, whatever it was, was standing on the left side of the bed, just by my shoulder. It wasn't a negative presence. In fact, it felt friendly, almost familiar. Maurice? Question mark. Yeah, probably. He's fucking with her big time. Probably. I was still half asleep when I remembered that I was supposed to be alone in the room. I looked around, but there was no one there. On the fifth morning, just hours before we were to leave the hotel, as I was packing my toiletries in the bathroom, I heard a thud. It sounded like my smaller suitcase had fallen on the floor. But when I checked, it was still on the chair where I had left it. Shit, I better hurry, I told myself. Same. Heading back Mm -hmm. to the bathroom to grab the rest of my things. That's when I heard it, again coming from my room, the sound of someone clearing his throat. It was distinctively male. Oh. Fuck! I Definitely screamed in my head. Definitely not Maurice. 
No. Fuck, I screamed in my head, running around the room like a madwoman, dumping things into my suitcase and heading downstairs to check out. I haven't packed that fast since the day in Valencia when I thought I was about to miss my flight. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. That sounds awful. I mean, not awful, yeah, but like, the other, spoopy. I don't the like other it. Stuff, the other stuff is definitely creepy. I draw the line at hearing a grown male in my room. Yeah, same. <laughs> that I'm not quite sure where it's coming from. Yeah, I draw the line there. Yep. Yes. There, that's that's my line in the sand. I do not want that. I think that's a fair line to have. Mm -mm. The other stuff, while super creepy, I don't necessarily appreciate the TV either. That would be really annoying. Yeah, that was probably Maurice. Probably. He was like, yo, turn on some cartoons. I know we got Flintstones in this bitch. And then she put on Conan O'Brien. She's like, what is this? He was pissed. <laughs> like, he dude, said, Coco Melon or die, bitch. Like, dude, I'm three. <laughs> Right. At least give me a good old hoop and stick. A hoop and stick? Yeah, isn't that what they played with in the 1800s? Jacks or something? You know, like <laughs> pick up stick? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Is it my turn? <laughs> yeah, that's what I have for you. So that's okay. the Hotel Monteleon. I would probably, Whoa. I would maybe stay there. I think I could stay there. It doesn't sound too spoopy. Yeah, I give it like a like a like a six out of ten spoopies. Yes. Yeah. Spoopy, I agree with but that. but I could probably still stay there. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Moderately. Keeping up with the building theme and the spoopy theme, I Ooh. want to tell you about one of the cutest little wedding venues on the whole planet. A wedding yeah. venue? It's okay. the Winchester Mystery House. <laughs> <gasps> are you excited i okay yeah you can maybe talk about this one if you know more maybe about the hauntings and stuff i spent a lot of time listening to uh, morbid's coverage of this and they spent a lot of time talking about sarah winchester and she is a baddie so i just wanted to like talk about her too <laughs> i want to go to the winchester mystery house so yes, bad I'm so excited. we can talk about like we can discuss yes i'm excited okay so um like I said, I'm going to take a similar approach, I guess, to the Morbid podcast because Sarah Lockwood Winchester was a baddie. And they debunked yes. a lot of, like, the mystery part for me. So it would feel wrong to come on here and try and sell you a bunch of hubbaloo. Hubbaloo. That's the word I wanted. Hubbaloo. Hubbubbubbubbum. Hubbubbubba. So here we go. <laughs> um Sarah Lockwood Winchester. To understand the house, we need to understand the lady. And honestly, nobody has ever really understood this lady. So we're probably never going to understand the house, but that's okay. Um, she was born on September 1st of 1839 or 1840. No one can really lock that in because for some reason, birth certificates weren't a thing until 1900. Hello? Okay. <laughs> like what? Why did we not think that it was a good idea to write just, that the fuck down? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> you, you like jot it down in like a journal or I, something, right? It's, uh, you, today I gave birth. Today my wife gave birth. It seems today I simple. was born. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Give the baby a pen. Um, so she was one of six children, and she came out of the womb fucking built different, much like COVID babies. She was different. <laughs> They are built yes, different. Yes, she knew five languages before she was 12 years old. Um, 
Yeah, okay. she could have started a one-woman band with all of her musical talent. She played, like, the piano and a bunch of other instruments. And it goes without saying, like, she knew five languages, so she was stupid fucking smart and w- very well-read and yeah. just incredible at everything. And fun fact, she really loved Shakespeare. She's yes, that'll come up later on. So... Her parents, Sarah Burns and Leonard Party, were actually super great, and they were very well liked within the New Haven, Connecticut community. Say that. What a Say name. New Haven, Connecticut community three times fast. Yeah. I don't think it can. My brain I could not. I almost fast. couldn't say it once. So, <laughs> her parents um, were like pretty well to do. They had their own business and stuff. Yeah, they were like high society and they wanted their children to be intelligent and upstanding members of society to which Sarah said absolutely. Please see exhibit A. Sarah's like, I yeah, she's like, I got that. Please see my five languages and my one man band. Yeah. Yeah, I'm already already a step ahead of you, ma. So, uh, yeah, but she, according to uh, the Morbid morbid Ladies, uh, she said that um, that so, according to the Morbid Ladies, they said that they would tell their kids that, like, every day. Like, you will be intelligent, and you will be an upstanding member of society. <laughs> I love Good. that. I should start doing that with Liv and hey, see what happens. Hey, she might learn five languages. Age and stage, she'd probably go, no. No. Uh-uh. No. Um, so, like I said, her father was a very successful carpenter. He set up his family for, like, a very comfortable life, and he made very beautiful carriages. Yeah. Okay. So, um, love that for through them. his carriage making, Sarah grew up in his workshops and like was constantly around people that were building and like she really started to take a liking to like architecture and like building something from nothing and like I don't know this would eventually turn into like a full scale passion for that kind of stuff. Yeah, I love that. Love that for her. Now, I don't know a lot about Sarah's mama, but from what I do know, she was that bitch. She was very high up in the okay. upper class society, and uh, she was very well liked. So that just means that she had parties. She was going to freaking luncheon. She was having um, cookouts. She was running the freaking junior league. She had six children, and her Hell daughter yeah. knew five languages. One of them, one child, knew five languages. She yeah. was on top so of it. Just she was that bitch. Like, that is all I know. Based off that one sentence, I know she was that bitch. Also, her name was Sarah as well. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Also Sarah. Um, And since they were both, you know, I don't know, very well to do. It made sense that they wanted, you know, very beautiful, Mm -hmm. intelligent children that weren't total assholes. And Sarah, naturally, like I said, exceeded her expectations. She was called the Belle of New Haven, for fuck's sake. That's so pretty. So the parties lived next door to the very affluent Winchester family who owned and operated their own clothing manufacturer. So they were just as well to do. They were having the parties and um, their kids were kind of similar ages and they all just kind of grew up together being like one big happy family. And I love that. Yeah. Like, I don't know. They were next door neighbors. Things were going like things are great. Um. So, when the party parents set Sarah up with William Wirt Winchester in the fall of 1862, she was thrilled. Now, I do not agree oh. with arranged marriages. I am, like, to each their own, if that's part of your, like, religion and culture, do you, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I personally don't agree with those. However, I think this one went better 
than anybody could hope for in an arranged marriage situation. Yeah. Situation. Um, because, yeah, I think, I think, like, if you're, I think if you take it on yourself to arrange a marriage without that person wanting you to, you shouldn't do that. Yes. I think if, because there, there's a show about arranged marriages, um, and, like, the people that are on the show are like, yeah, like, arrange this marriage for me. Like, just do it for me. Oh, well, I guess if you're and consensual think, to it. Yeah, I think if you're like, yeah, this is fine. Like, I'm good with this. Okay, like, fair. Then, cool. That works. Okay. Like, if if that's how you want to do it, hell yeah, do it. But you you shouldn't arrange marriages for people that don't don't want them. <laughs> I agree don't, with don't that. Okay, I retract my <laughs> statement yet again on this podcast. I love being educated. <laughs> if it's consensually arranged, go off. Do your thing. Yep. It'll be beautiful. If it's not, don't make people do things they don't want to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Sarah and William very were bleh. Sarah and William were very much in love. Um, and like, despite Aww. Sarah's very reserved and kind of quiet nature, she really felt like she could be herself with him and um, open Aww. up and like have that friend and husband all in one. Well, it probably helped that they like grew up next to each other. Oh yeah, I mean it. Th that's literally my next note. Stop reading my mind. Like my next note is like <laughs> her parents probably had some idea of like which Winchester yeah. boy she was like kind of into, and they were like, "I'm gonna pull some strings and give him my best goat." Like, yeah, or however it works. I don't know how that should work back then, but so yeah, things are going pretty great. Um, that was the fall of 1962. So we're gonna flash forward four years. Because it is now... Oh, sorry. I said 1962. It is 1862. We're going to back yeah, it up this didn't bit. happen in the 90s. No, it didn't. This happened in, <laughs> in 1862 is when they got married. So, mm -hmm. um, in 1866, Sarah is expecting a baby and things are still pretty great. Um, cool, cool, cool. Sarah's father-in-law, Oliver, which is William's, you know, dad, in case nobody knows what a mm -hmm. father-in-law is. I don't know why I had to mansplain that to you guys. <laughs> so sorry. Um, <laughs> Sarah's father-in-law, he has said to hell with this clothing company. I want to shoot some shit. And he has, <laughs> um, started investing in the volcanic repeating arms company. All right. And I'm sure as many of you know, this does, this does work out pretty well for him. <laughs> quitting his mm -hmm. day job and picking up a hobby <laughs> so um it did pay off yeah he ends up buying the um volcanic repeating arms company and he rebrands it as the winchester repeating arms company so he's making the guns he's like pew, 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 pew. he's like i got this and mind you it is still the 1800s which means the wild west is still around the wild west was around until like 1983 so Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's still pretty wild. Yep, it's still pretty wild. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> just, shit just be happening. Like The desert plays no jokes. <laughs> no, it doesn't. So, um, I don't know. He buys the Winchester Repeating Arms Company, or, like, rebrands it as that, and everything's great. We're having a good time. But he doesn't stop there. He's like, I need this gun to shoot a bunch of shit before I have to reload it. Okay. So, like, I guess right up until this point, he was like, I can shoot one bullet at a time, and that takes too long. And really, in, like, a life or death situation, like the war they had just had. Yeah. Like, you would need, I mean, it makes sense why he had the idea. I think that it led to a lot of problems later on. 
Yeah. But it's something that happened, so. Yeah. Anyways. Um, so Oliver, William, and this guy, Benjamin T. Henry, who apparently knows his way, like, around a rifle, they invent the first, quote, the first reliable lever-action repeating rifle. It was the Winchester Rifle Model 1866. Aight, aight. Mm-hmm. All right. It could shoot up to 15 rounds in, like, 10 seconds or something like that. That is a lot. <laughs> that is, yeah. Especially for that time when, like, something like that never really happened before. Yeah, that's for sure. Game changer. You show up to one of those. You show up to a war with one of those, and the other side doesn't have them. Fucking Dunsky. Over, over, and we'll get into that here in a minute because it gets kind of fucked up. But, um, so eventually the model um 1873 became like a very big ticket item as settlers played the Oregon Trail in real life and moved west to search for <laughs> gold or whatever the fuck. I don't know what they were searching for. <laughs> God, the Oregon Trail <laughs> shit. <laughs> um, it became known as the gun that won the West, as many settlers purchased it to fight with the indigenous people whose land the settlers shouldn't have been on in the first fucking place, but I digress. Y- yes, retweet. Yes. Retweet. So. Don't take land that's not yours. It's rude. Yeah. And they definitely could with those. Like, I just... The whole situation makes me angry, but whatever. Yeah. Um... It's safe to say that the Winchester family, though, was coasting. They were... Oh, yeah, rolling. Still to this day fucking rolling. Oof. So, um, all was well with the Winchester family until trigger warning. So, trigger warning for, like, miscarriages or, like, infant-related deaths. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So if you want to skip this little part, you can. But I think you need it contextually. Anyways, um, Sarah and William were, like I said, very, very happy when they got pregnant with their first child in 1965. However, 1865. 1865, I'm looking at it. It says 18. (laughs) Okay. I got you, fam. So, however, in 1866, um, their lovey-doveyness kind of came to a screeching halt when their beautiful baby girl, Annie Party Winchester, uh, who was born on June 15th of 1866, was diagnosed with marasmus, which is, like, a severe, like, malnutrition. So, like, basically, they were feeding her, like, you know, giving her milk and stuff and feeding her, but her body wasn't absorbing any of the nutrients, Oh. So essentially, like, this is trigger warning. Essentially, she, like, starved to death. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, not because they weren't feeding her, but just because, like, her, yeah. like, it wasn't taking it in. Like, she couldn't take it in. Yeah. Um, And so she unfortunately passed away on July 25th of 1866. So she was only, like, oh. a month old. Poor thing. Yeah. So naturally, Sarah and William are, like, devastated, like... Yeah. That's horrible. I couldn't even imagine how that would feel. Um, they would have no more children after this. Like, it was just oh. too much. And that's even more heartbreaking yeah. is, like, they probably would have had a bunch of kids. Like, yeah, I don't know. I just hate that they didn't. I can't even imagine what that would feel like. Like, I am not speaking for yeah. them. I just wish they would have tried again, I guess. And maybe they did. I don't know. I don't know their life. I'm just saying. They just didn't have any more children. I feel bad about that. Yeah. So, yeah. um... For obvious reasons, Sarah tucked herself away and she became something of a recluse. Um, William, however, did have work and like a massive gun empire to deal with. So he kind of threw himself into that Mm -hmm. for the time being. So I don't know. Sometime later, Oliver's like, 
this is father-in-law. Oliver's like, we got to fix this shit. Everybody's too damn sad in my house. I can't do this anymore. And so (laughs) he's like, Sarah, you're going to build us a house. You're going to design it. You're going to build the house. All four of us, me, William's mom, William, Mm -hmm. and you are going to live in this house together. It's going to be great. And she's Mm -hmm. like, I mean, okay word. I, you know, I'm old enough now. I kind of like the architecture. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll give it I'll give it a go. So she um gets this like she yeah, she's pumped. She gets to start designing it. She's like, you know, very excited that she gets to understand this stuff on like a deeper level. And she gets to watch her designs actually come to life because the house does get yeah. built and they move into it. Um and all seems to be like on the up and up, like the things are gonna go great. Mm-hmm. In case you can hear by the tone of my voice, it does not stay that way. Yeah. Um, because... I figured. <laughs> because only five years after her daughter passes away, her mother, her father-in-law, oh. and her husband, William, all pass away, oh, I'm assuming, no. to, to, to tuberculosis. I know her father and, oh, like, husband no. were... Or her father-in-law and husband were tuberculosis, but I don't... I'm not sure about her mom. Yeah. And not to mention, Sarah gets her nickname Sally. I'm not calling her Sally the whole time, but her nickname was Sally. And I believe that she Mm -hmm. got that from her sister who had passed away before she was born. Oh. Yeah. So that sucks. And Sarah's in the dumps, naturally. I would be too. I'm in the dumps just reading this. And these are my notes. I knew what was coming. Yeah. So she stays in New Haven for like five years before she up and moves to California because allegedly a psychic told her to. Okay. This is where things get spooky. I love a good spooky. So, we are going to fly across the country from Connecticut to California. Specifically, San Jose, California. Okay. Um, According to legend, Sarah visited a psychic sometime after, like, her whole family basically passed away. Um, yeah. Which isn't hard to believe because as you have mentioned before on this podcast and they for sure said on Morbid, there was like a big spiritual movement that happened like mm-hmm. in the 1800s, late 1800s, early 1900s, something yeah. like that. Um, and like I said, I think you've mentioned that before too. And so like a lot of people were turning to mediums and like palm readings and like doing the whole thing yeah. to like yes. tell them what to do. And so it makes Spiritualism sense. was huge. Yeah. Plus like, I just feel like even if spiritualism wasn't huge if everybody that i knew around me just like died i feel like i would just be turning to anything oh yeah yeah well and especially like in that day and age like if somebody told me like oh i can offer this like you potentially the ability to talk to the people you lost right i totally take that for sure i take that now if i lost somebody so the psychic's like yeah dude moved to california and it's not a big stretch for her to say yeah i'm just gonna move to california there's nothing here for me and you know it's sunnier in california like i don't know she's thinking it'll be good but the psychic also was like also just a little note before you run out the door i mean sarah's got the door handle in her hand she's about to walk out she's like oh before you run (laughs) the spirits of everyone that has ever been killed by your husband's invention the winchester rifle yeah they're gonna come for you they're coming for your ass a good little footnote yeah she's like just uh, hey, hey, by the way uh, you might want to know this um let me just uh they're gonna get you yeah they're gonna get you sorry um but if you keep building your house for forever until you die 
you can like confuse them and like evade the ghost. And Sarah was like, okay, fucking word. Taking that (laughs) shit to heart. Deal, I guess. Yep, fucking deal. I'll explain why that's, like, all totally lore and legend. Like, they, okay, they definitely think that, like, she probably went to the doctor and the doctor was like, dude, go to where it's sunny. Build stuff because you like architecture. You've got all this money because I'm going to get into it in just a second. She inherited a shit ton of money. Yeah, I believe that. So, it's probably more likely that the doctor was like, bro, just go. Yeah. Like, Like, sink yourself into something you love. Right. Do Yeah, do something that'll make you happy. And she was always very naturally, like, reserved or whatever. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. She just kind of kept to herself. Yeah. But. Well, and honestly, like, y- you lose everyone you love and you're already naturally reserved. I don't want to talk to fucking anybody. I don't want to love anybody ever again. Yep. And back then, they didn't go to therapy. So, she, yeah. she built her house. She was like, I'm just going to build forever. Yeah. Um. So, she hightails it to California, and there, in San Jose, she buys a beautiful eight-bedroom farmhouse (laughs) that she will eventually turn into a 160-or-so-bedroom home. Or so. And I say or so because no one can get a for-sure count. (laughs) It's different every time they count it. (laughs) I I love that it's like so many like years later and they still are like we don't know know. (laughs) (laughs) so this is where the fun part begins this is also like a very um soft haunting i guess you could say so sarah received a massive fortune like a metric shit ton of money like when everybody died so she inherited 20 million dollars which in today's money is 561 million dollars Jesus, all right. Plus 50% of the holding share, or whatever it's called, for the entire, like, Winchester Rifle, Winchester Repeating Arms Company, or whatever the fuck it's called. That's a shit. 50%? Yeah, that's a lot. Because, like, Oliver willed it to William, and then three months later, William died, and he willed it to Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. So, she said, hmm. I have a hobby and I'm going to put a lot of money into it because I don't have children and this is what I'm doing. And I think that's valid. Do you, sister? So, fun facts. The house has the following. It is 24,000 square feet. That is... No, no. I uh, accidentally took another another zero off. Mm -hmm. I, in my brain, my brain couldn't comprehend 24,000. So it was like 2,400. And I was like, that's not that big. That's like my house. No, it's not. (laughs) This is not your house. (laughs) It has 10,000 windows. And on some of those windows, like I said earlier about Shakespeare, um, there's a couple of very pretty like stained glass windows or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they say some quotes from Shakespeare. I cannot remember what they are. I'm so sorry. I love that. But uh, they're very pretty. And a lot of people, this goes like into the mystery and stuff that a lot of people think that she was like a, uh, what are they called? Like a Freemason or whatever. And she had a lot to do with Francis Bacon and was very obsessed with Shakespeare. So it just goes all back to that. If you guys want to hear about those theories, you can. I'm sorry, I'm not going to cover him. I just wanted to talk about her in the house. I'm so sorry. So, <laughs> um, so it's got 2,000 doors, roughly mm-hmm. 160 rooms, and there are 52 skylights, one of which is in the floor. Fucking hello. Okay. Does yeah. you no good, cool. but okay. There are 47 stairways and fireplaces, 17 chimneys, 13 good. bathrooms, and Love six that. kitchens. 
13 bathrooms seems low. For a house of that size? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like 160 rooms and we only got 13, 13 bathrooms? bathrooms? Yeah, that's all that. Come on now. The proportions are off. I mean, I'm going to get lost trying to find one. I know, right? Uh, so all in all, the whole house costs like $5 million or so to build, which is like $71 million today. <laughs> which is chump change to her, honestly. Uh, honestly, yeah. She's living large. So <laughs> She's living like Larry. There are doors that lead to walls or even like six or 12 foot drops to the ground. Good. Like you open the door and you just walk out. You, That's the end. You gotta really be careful where you're going here. Yep. You have to pay attention because like shit is not right. And uh, there is a cabinet that when you open it up, it leads to like 30 more rooms. I don't understand how that works okay. logistically, but it does. It's an Arnia. It, it, yeah. Um, it was said that she paid her employees incredibly well and that she took care of them like family. Uh, she had like 36 employees total and not, that's not including the construction workers. I don't think. So she was like, they say that she was like alone all the time, but like she wasn't like those yeah. people lived there <laughs> like, yeah, or worked there or whatever. So, um, yeah, a lot Did of people believe that she, you know, designed her home this way to, you know, confuse the spirits and like that sort of thing. I'm that confused confuse and I'm not a spirit. Yeah. I think that would confuse a, a, a little ghosty. Mm -hmm. um, other people say that she didn't use any blueprints like at all. She just walked down the stairs every day and be like, build over there. And I want a staircase and a bathroom and a this and a that. And they're like, fuck the staircase yeah, we girl. were building yesterday. Let's go build this one. <laughs> The plumbing on that has to be redonkulous. Redonkulous. I mean, just absolutely insane. So, yeah, she didn't have well, any... Because really, like, think about that. If one day she just walks downstairs and she's like, hey, I want a bathroom right there. Yeah, how do you make that happen for her logistically? That's why there's only 13th bathrooms. Oh, and... She got to 13 and they were she, they were like, Sarah, enough with the bathrooms. Yeah, no. Enough. No we more. We cannot do this plumbing thing anymore. She was like, fucking Stop rooms it. then. You're building rooms. She'd like, yeah, she'd walk in and be like, I want 37 windows in this one room and like, give me a cabinet that leads to a whole new section of the house. I pay high dollar. Hell yeah. And so, uh, it just kind of like goes from there. It said that Sarah would meet with the contractors in the morning to discuss the day's projects and like at nighttime would meet with the ghosties to like ask their opinions on the plans for the house. I love that. To, like make sure she pleased them. <laughs> like. I feel like that's how we got a sunroof in the floor. <laughs> they were like, hey, can you actually, like, can you add a sunroof? And, like, maybe she was a... like, yeah, sure. She's like, what about a floor sunroof? Word. Fucking I guess. Okay. Yeah. And she's like, I think that you should build a room there. And the next night, she's like, yeah, so we started the room. The door's been built. The doorway's been cut. And they're like, we don't want that anymore. <laughs> I said, just kidding. And she was like, okay, well, we'll just fill in that wall. They said, leave the door. <laughs> leave it there. We want it. Yeah. Um, we want the door. There was a massive earthquake that happened in California. It's oh, known yes. as like the Great Earthquake or something like that, I think, maybe. Um, but it led to like parts of the house crumbling in because they were just built up like way too tall. Like there was a big tower and stuff that crumbled in. Um, yeah. Sarah was actually trapped in what was known as the Daisy Room. 
she was totally okay oh, no. but like just trapped in there from like all the debris and stuff so all the workers had to come and like dig her out and so for that reason she like sealed off the daisy room it was like nobody can go in there it is dangerous and <laughs> instead of like she said never again and instead of like cleaning up like all of the rubble and stuff i guess they just like sectioned it off they just put like a rope in front of it you can't go that way <laughs> okay yeah cordon seems cordoned it off i think is the word that they used seems like maybe there was a better i guess if they've got other things to do i'm sure she they had, sarah's clean. like she's running a tight ship she needs that like, bathroom built add. today bitch <laughs> we got three more rooms to add right before sundown <laughs> before sundown <laughs> um so she did this i mean up until she died she had people building on the house um she lived in the house uh up until 1922 when she passed away and the rumor has it that when she did pass away and all the construction workers heard about it they just stopped what they were doing like nails half in the walls and they dipped <laughs> you know i get it yeah they weren't building for anything i i get it uh, <laughs> they said you know i think we've done enough. yeah i think we're done but what was really cool about Sarah is that she would have, like, um, so, like, she knew that these projects took very long amounts of time, obviously, mm -hmm. and she was going to build yeah. for the rest of her life, and she knew that. <laughs> so, um, she would often pay for, like, construction workers' families to live in, like, the town, like, to mo relocate oh, cool. to the town so they could be near their family during these, like, long projects. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she was really great, like, employer- like, just a great person oh. all around, kind of. Like, they, yeah. history paints her, like, a very, like, spoopy lady. But, like, she sounds kind of dope. I'd like to have a drink Dude. with her. <laughs> Same. She just wanted to build her house and vibe. Yeah. And, like, originally when she started rebuilding it or, like, adding on to it, the plan was for, like, her sisters to come and live with her. And then her sisters were like, yeah, San Jose is too far away from, like, the city. So we're going to go live in the city, but we'll come visit you. Yeah, so that kind of sucks, but... Yeah. I don't know. Um, I think you'd also get lost in there quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, as she <laughs> just kept on and on and on, yes. Love you, Sarah, but I can't find anything, anything in this house. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> don't even remember which room's mine. Couldn't get there if I wanted to. Yep. Do you have a map? Of course you don't. You don't even have blueprints for <laughs> this bitch. Like, <laughs> I know. Like, how do I get there? She's like, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, could Honestly, you imagine being a Roomba in the Winchester house with your smart house, <laughs> like, mapping technology or whatever the fuck? That would be awful. <laughs> the Roomba's like, I quit. The Roomba would just die. It would spontaneously combust. It'd be like, I don't, I don't know. This is, <laughs> this is too much. This is too much. So that brings us up to the modern day where we talk about a little bit of the hauntings and Ooh. the, um, now you can go take tours of it. Like I said, it's a wedding venue. It's very, very pretty. Um, mm. you, yeah, the people that bought it and like turned it into a tourist attraction originally were like, yeah, we're going to put a roller coaster in it and you can oh. ride the roller coaster through the house. <gasps> and I was okay, like, look. I like that actually. <laughs> that, that would be kind of, that would be dope. Like haunted I, mansion ride to the max. Yes. I could support that. Don't put ashes in there. Do not. Fucking watching you. Nor will you be putting a, what's it called? What's it called? 
What's it? The word? An, a an euthanasia herb? coaster. Oh, you'll yeah. not be putting one of those there. <laughs> and you will not be having a baby there. For fuck's sake! Welcome to the Welcome to the Winchester Mansion. We've got the euthanasia coaster in the back. <laughs> For our more seasoned riders. Like we, oh, just, we just wanna we just wanna end it all <laughs> oh jeez <gasps> so, okay quick tangent mm-hmm. I saw a video on twitter of, and I don't know how real this is cause it's twitter but it was of a news like clip right of like a new proposed way to it like do the death penalty <gasps> and the concept and just, I I guess I guess trigger warning for dismemberment. Didn't think I'd say that on this podcast. Fucking hello. <laughs> the so the idea is that this machine would like emit calming white noise, and then these four arms would like come out and like dig into the person's neck and quote unquote painlessly remove the head. What? How is that better? I need to find this clip and send it to you. How? It's not. The answer is it's not. How? The answer is it's not. I personally think if we're throwing ideas out there, I'm the euthanasia coaster is where it's at as far as like the death penalty is concerned. Oh, for sure. For sure. Let me see if I can find it. <laughs> Cue elevator music. I'm going to see if I can find this tweet in uh, a minute or less. Okay. While you're doing that, I'm going to say this part. So see, like, I think that with the death penalty, it should be like, whatever got you in there is how you should go. Is that fucked up? (laughs) A little bit, yeah. Well, nobody held a gun to your head and made you kill all those people. I'm just saying. You don't get the death penalty, but... I do agree that the death penalty has to be 100% right 100% of the time, and I agree that that is not feasible. But I'm just saying, for those motherfuckers that we know, the Ted Bundys of the world, they should get exactly what they put out into the world, in my opinion. Oh, 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 I actually think I found it. Did you? You can leave all of that in if you want. I don't think I said anything wrong. Oh my god, it got worse. Hello? Okay. Okay, I'll send you the tweet. But here, it's called the Exobot. Yeah? So, do with that what you will. And the tweet is, in case you have not seen it, here is a news clip where they talk about the Ohio death penalty. Rip the head off and smash it with a meat tenderizer machine. Uh, The what? No. Watch the whole minute and six second length clip to see the meat tenderizer hammer in action about 50 seconds in. What? the fuck also just for i'm not even joking just just for because this is not a visual medium uh it is not a real person it is an automated like an ai person yeah they're not really doing this like yeah it's an idea but i am not joking this is a thing that i saw this is a thing that i witnessed on my twitter timeline and i was like i do not know what to do with this yeah i fucking hate all of that i super don't like it (laughs) it's Uh, so terrible it's 
Yeah, it's gross. Yeah, I don't. Dude, I sent you the tweet. Look at it. I, it hasn't gotten a notification. Um, so. Did I send it to the right person? If I just accidentally sent that to a random person, I'm going to feel <laughs> real uncomfortable. I don't know. Uh, no, I sent it to you. Okay. <laughs> I just haven't gotten it yet. I'm in the closet and the internet's kind of blank. So. Um, yeah. To move on to a couple of hauntings and away from whatever Anyways. the fuck that was. Um. Uh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Not you, just the idea in general. If I had to see it, you guys have to see it. You want me to link it on the Instagram or whatever? <laughs> Let me rephrase that. You guys have to hear about it. You have to see it. That's fair. <laughs> um, so many visitors claim to have crossed paths with uh, Clyde. He, oh, sorry. They Who's Clyde? Clyde used to work on at the house. Okay. He's just like one of the gardeners or whatever, and he'll push his wheelbarrow all over the place, and um, he hangs out by some fireplaces, like repairing them apparently. And okay. um, people have said, according to the WinchesterMysteryHouse.com website, people have said we really like the actor who was repairing the ballroom fireplace, <gasps> wearing white overalls and a Victorian boater hat. And they're like, huh? We didn't hire an actor. <laughs> we don't have any actors like, here. Guys, those are real. But uh, Clyde can be seen in pictures. That are hanging up in the house. Um, so he really did work there. It's this guy. He's got a big mustache on. I'll post these pictures of Clyde. Um, and as far as we know, he just kind of hangs out. Like, he'll gently, you know, he just hangs out. I don't know. He Clyde's rolls very his, loyal. Yeah, he rolls his wheelbarrow and lives his I, life. I feel like, yeah, he's, he said, you know what? Even in death, I will work on this house. Yep. He said, this house means something to me. <laughs> and, 10 out um, of 10, Clyde. Aside from that, there are, like, you know, shirt tugging and that kind of thing. Just, like, gentle. Okay. It's not, like, vicious or anything like that. Just, like, light, like, hi, I'm here. You bumped into me. Like, whatever. <laughs> hey. Um, hey. <laughs> there was a maintenance worker named Denny. Um, he was working, and he was on a ladder. And I don't, I'm not sure what he was repairing, but he was, like, on a ladder and doing his thing. <laughs> and he kind of felt like the ladder was maybe a little wobbly, but, like, no one was there to watch it. And he was like, yikes, I don't know how I feel about this. And then something, like, felt a hand on his back <gasps> on the ladder. And he was like, no, that's okay. Ooh. And he promptly got down and dipped the fuck out. And I would have, too, I think. But I also like to think that, like, I don't know, Sarah died in the house. Yeah. So maybe it's her being like, hey, don't fall I off the you. ladder. I, I got you, guy. But it is safe to say he dipped the fuck out and I would have too. I, I get it. I don't blame him. Um, Houdini came to the house one time. He was like, I don't believe in ghosts, which I think is weird for Harry Houdini to not believe in ghosts. I just would oh, have assumed like, that he would have, but he didn't. He apparently. adamantly opposed the entire spiritual movement. Really? Oh, completely. Yeah, he actually had it. So he and one of his friends, he like denied it so much that he and told one of his friends they had a deal that um if one of them died first like they would go to a, the other one would go to a medium and they had like a code word mm. right um and basically if he said the code word you know or he said like the phrase that they had picked out then the other person would know okay like this whole medium thing is real hmm. but he did that specifically so he could prove, even in death, that it wasn't real. Wow. That is wild. <laughs> he had a beef. Yeah, an agenda. With the spiritual sure. movement. Well, beef. With that beef, he was like, I'm going to the Winchester Mystery House. He is actually the first person to call it that. 
And um, he was like, I'm going to spend the okay. night there. And he left with more questions than answers. I could see that. So I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means they were ghosts. <laughs> I don't know if that means he was, couldn't, couldn't find, find the bathroom. The bathroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why are we the same? <laughs> because that would be my issue. Like, we're like 160 rooms and only 13 bathrooms. Oh, my God. I. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of it. I mean, there are little hauntings here and there. Um, they opened up okay. the Daisy room again after Sarah had it sealed. They opened it up after she passed away and like had it redone and that sort of thing. Because I mean, the windows mm-hmm. have like daisies in them, like oh. not real daisies, but like stained glass yeah. daisies or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So it's called the Daisy room. So it's really pretty, and I'm sure like a very big part of the tourist like attraction. And so they yeah. had redone it. Um, and. They said there's like a lady that was doing a tour one time and she said that she's giving this tour. Things are going great. And she heard someone kind of like, <sighs> like in the hallway. And so oh. she was like, maybe someone like is late. I'm going to go pause for a second and go check. And like, she runs out in the hallway or whatever. And there's nobody there, but she swore she saw someone like walking just around the corner, mm-hmm. like just barely turning the corner and like, they suggested on Morbid that maybe that was Sarah being like, fuck y'all, you opened up the Daisy room? She's like, After I, I specifically said sealed. not to? Yeah. <laughs> but for her to just be like, hmm, like, <laughs> I don't know. That's a ghost house I could stay in. Yeah. Yeah. These are both ghosty places I think I could go to. Yeah, for sure. And have like a great time. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's kind of all I've got for you today. I dig it. Yeah. I dig it. So this uh, was a this was a pretty feel good. It was. And I feel like after taking a break and after coming off so strong with the ash vlogs and the watcher house of it all. Yeah. I uh I feel I feel like this is a good way to ease everybody back in. Hope you guys have a great yeah, Thursday. Yeah. Here's some nice little soft hauntings. And have a good time with them. Shout out to you guys. You guys have been awesome. You've been commenting on our yes. stuff. You've been adding us to your stories. That really helps. Um, oh, we're going to start we doing it. hashtag Monster Mondays. So if you guys want to mm-hmm. share that, it'll be all your favorite cryptids and ghosties and monsters and that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, share that on Mondays. Um, you can participate in Wayback Wednesdays, hashtag Wayback Wednesdays, and check out our you know old episodes if you're just missing yes. us during the week. Um, and we love you very much. <laughs> we do. We do. Um, I guess you guys need the social means. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. if you don't know by now, we are your mom's a hoax on everything. Um, we are your mom's a hoax pod at gmail.com. If you want to send us your stories, if you've got weird ghost stories or any other kinds yeah. of like mysteries, um, that you want to send in or, you know, your favorites, that kind of thing. We'd love to read them uh, and yes. maybe even talk about them on the pod. Like, I would be so down to do yes. that. So send them I in to us. I would love, I, I know a couple other, like, spoopy podcasts do this, but I would love to read some of your creepy stories. Yes. I'm so down. On, I would love to do that. Also, so. if you write creepy stories, like, if that's your thing, you just write, like, creepy pastas or whatever, send those to us. We might read oh, those yeah. for Halloween or something. That could be fun. Yeah. I like a good creepy story, real or fake. Oh, yeah. For sure. Preferably fake, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> True. So, um, um, yeah, I would I would love to get to the point where we can read some of you guys' stories, too. Yes. That'd be so fun. We can talk about it. Yes, I love that. Um, be a good time. So, yeah, just uh, 
we love you guys. Please be rating and reviewing. It really helps the algorithm. Mm -hmm. It really um, pushes us onto people's feeds. You know, the more, the merrier. So, yeah. yeah. Yep. And um, if you want to follow us personally, I am Brenna underscore Keevan, K-E-V-Y-N, on Instagram. I am private, so you do have to request, but I'll probably accept as long as you're not a weirdo. Um, And Brenna underscore Key, K-E-Y, on Twitter. Yeah, if anybody wonders why Brenna's not tagged in anything on, like, Twitter and Instagram, it's because her shit's private. Like, on the Your Mom's a Hoax pod, that's why. It's not just me being yes. an asshole and not tagging her. <laughs> no, yeah, it's it's because for right now, um, I've decided to keep my stuff private. Um, well, that's mostly because I've got to actually go through and, like, kind of clean up some of the pictures I have of my daughter and, like... Yeah, for sure. I want to protect her. My main thing will always be protecting her. Mm-hmm. And the more we talk about on this podcast, the more I'm like, there's so much to protect her from. Like... Yes. Yes. So... But again, I feel free to request me, and as long as you don't look like an absolute creeper and it seems like your profile checks out, I will probably say yes. Yeah. Um, I (laughs) am at Alexis P. Martin on Twitter and uh, Alexis P. Martin underscore on Instagram. Those might be backwards, but y'all figure (laughs) it out. Um, And I'll say it right next week, I guess. (laughs) So... Yeah, we'll get it figured out. Yeah, but uh, we'll see you guys later. Yeah. All right. Thanks for joining. We missed you. Yes, we missed you so much. We're so glad to be back. And we'll see y'all next week. Yes, ma'am. Bye. With more spoopy content. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.